Welcome to Power Yourself, where I talk about the most important topic in the world, you. Today's topic is part four of the Yamas and Niyamas, the spiritual guide to the practice of yoga by Deborah Adele. So part four, which is the fourth Yama in the book, is all about non-excess. Non-excess being the taming of our overindulgence. So really being able to know ourselves and know when enough is enough. So being able to understand that balance before going into that overindulgent stage, that over excess, that abundance place. So she talks about being in one of those daydreams that we all get in sometimes. Maybe you're eating a delicious cookie or maybe a piece of cake. And then looking back five minutes later and being like, oh my God, I just ate the whole thing. What was I thinking? Okay, so that's what she's talking about. That place that we all can get to at some points that just allows us to almost disconnect in a way. And while we're disconnected, we're just consuming on that overindulgence level. So we can do this with food. We can do this with work, exercise, sleep, sex, material possessions. And while we practice that overindulgence with these things, her point in the book is that we're forgetting the sacredness of our life. So we're forgetting how precious and how beautiful each of these things can be. It's almost like they can start to lose meaning. Or sometimes it's just that we're not even present for it. So they might have a lot of meaning, but maybe we're just not in the present moment, we're not being mindful, and we're just almost on autopilot in a way. And when we practice that, we're not really taking in the sacredness that is that particular moment or that particular activity. Instead, we're almost disconnected from ourselves in a way. And let's be honest, how easy is it to become disconnected in our lives, to get caught up in something or the get caught up in the world around us, really, or almost be consumed by all the distractions that exist? So in this chapter, she really talks about being able to leave greed behind, leaving that need to want to consume or overindulge behind and really walk in this world and be present in all of the beauty and all of the awe and all of the wonder that exists around us. So instead of being disconnected, to really allow yourself to be present in the moment, grasping the concept of enough. So once again, going back to that balance, knowing when to be able to stop that consumption, stop at the point where you have enough fuel, let's say, if we're talking about food, instead of going to that point of just consuming to feel or just consuming because we associate it with happy or that it's good in the moment. 
or the same with sleep and the same with every other thing she's mentioned. So instead of really getting wrapped up in that consumption, being able to be so present as we consume that we're able to stop when we've reached enough instead of just continuing on that unconscious kind of activity and almost taking something that is a positive nurturing thing and turning it into something that's toxic or too much. It's being able to know that perfect moment when you've reached that limit of what we've engaged in. So like I said, with food, when we gain that energy and vitality from what we're eating and we can acknowledge it. So instead of continuing on that road of mass consumption, we are able to be really present and know the signs of when we're full and when we don't need to go beyond that point. It's those things that when we push past, so when we continue to eat, that we actually take such a downward spiral. So past that point of when is enough is enough, we start to go with excess. So our mind starts to get connected with certain emotional states. And we start to associate that with certain foods or certain activities. So it's almost like we have an attachment, a need, and we feel that food or substance is going to give us that, okay? It's almost, in a way, a really addictive feeling. When we want that thing then, when we want that feeling, we go back to that source of being food, for example. And when we go back to that food, we expect to feel that exact same thing that we originally felt. We expect to feel that same pleasure. And our brain makes those connections that if we want to feel that again, we go to that source. So it's like our brain, we've always established this, how clever our brain can be, but it can make us feel that we really need something to fill a void or you know, and this is unconsciously, but it's trying to, instead of allow us to feel those uncomfortable feelings, I know if I go to that certain type of food, I'll feel better. I'll feel good. I'll feel distracted. I'll feel a surge of pleasure. In reality, though, what she's talking about in the non-excess is being able to lean into those feelings instead. So being able to instead of having almost that distraction or what we've addressed before, that numbing, it's being able to sit in that moment and feel those feelings. And when we can lean into an event like that, there's less likely of a chance that you're going to unconsciously really take part in that overindulgence, in that numbing feeling. Allowing us to actually solve what has to be solved or process what has to be processed instead of distracting. A common line she goes back to in this chapter is, are you doing the activity or is the activity doing you? Are you eating the food or is the food eating you? Being, are you being unconscious? Are you going through the motions of something but really not being present? And when we do that, 
we almost go on that unconscious roller coaster. We're just along for the ride and we don't realize that we have a choice and that we're choosing to go down this or we're choosing to take part in this. So being able to realize, oh, wait a second, I'm just trying to numb right now or I am just trying to make myself feel good right now. So in the podcast, I think it was called Numbing, I talked a lot about how we do this with wine or a drink after work. It's really easy to associate that alcoholic beverage with relaxation, debrief, feeling better. And so notice, notice what I'm doing here. I'm associating those feelings with a substance. And when I give that substance that, in a way, power, then my brain is going to make those quick connections when I'm not consciously present. So, oh, I'm feeling dragged out. I'm feeling tired. Oh, I, I just need to have a drink and I'll feel better because my brain is already connecting that beverage with that relief, with that de-stressor. So what Deborah Allen talks about in this particular chapter is the fact of being present with that, acknowledging what those things really are and what they're giving us. It's not the drink that gives me the sense of relief or the de-stressing. Let's be honest, it's not. There was a time in my life when I definitely thought it was and I associated it with, but it's just our mindset in that moment. We could have the exact same experience if we had a glass of water. And I know you're like, what? That's not true. And it is. (laughs) It's the same. Another bad thing in mind was the Nutella that I usually talk about. And that Nutella doesn't give me those happy feelings. It's the thoughts I think as I go through and eat the Nutella. So I can choose to have those thoughts with anything. It's a choice. So it's about being conscious about what you're thinking in those moments. Instead of just needing and seeking that feeling of feeling good, and just unconsciously seeking it, instead being present in the activity. And the more that we're present in that activity, the more we're really leaning in to the beautifulness of our life, instead of just unconsciously going through the motions. Finding that place of balance is about being able to help us honor and what Deborah Allen talks about in this chapter is that it's honoring and she refers to it as the life force within us so that being within us that's alive within us that divine within us that God within us whatever you want to name it but that life force in us So us being able to really practice balance helps us honor ourselves. And when we're honoring ourselves, we're able to have so much more clarity because we're more present in that moment. So instead of being unconscious and consumed by that over excess, we're more in tuned and present 
when we can practice that balance. Things are more clear. We're more in the moment instead of being numbed or distracted. I want you to think for a second. Think of a time, and I can always associate this with food, so that's I'm going to stick with this example. Just think of a time when you were eating something absolutely delicious, okay? I mean, mouth-watering, absolutely phenomenal, okay? Maybe it's pasta. Let's paint the picture of pasta. Let's say that is the most delicious pasta you have ever eaten in your life. How easy is it for you to eat slow? How easy is it for you to stop when you know your body has had enough? Or do you maybe start down a slippery slope of, oh, I'll just have one more bite. Oh, I'll just, it's too good. I can't stop eating. Okay, you're not alone if you do. It happens to all of us at different times. So what she's really talking about in this is being able to stop yourself before you go on that disconnection or that numbing or that unconscious activity. So that point of when you're just consuming for the sake of consuming. And the reason why is think about those times when you love the food and you just didn't want to stop and you kept eating and you kept eating. How did you feel after? I don't mean like immediately after because it's usually like, ah, awesome. But I mean like 20 minutes after. Check in. Try and remember what are some of the feelings that you were actually left with? Was it remorse? Was it um, bloated? Was it feeling sick? Was it feeling disgusted? Ashamed? Embarrassed? Check in with yourself. So that's the point where we're trying to almost be so present that you're practicing stopping when you know you've had enough. And for me, my biggest success is when I can eat slow. Because I find the slower I can eat, then the more time I'm giving my brain the opportunity to know when I'm full. Because sometimes I find I, you know, if I eat and I eat really quickly, I don't notice that I'm full until it's way too late. So the more, and really I feel her point with the non-excess, is balancing on that presentness. You know, the more that we can lean into being present and really be in that moment, the less likely we are to be unconscious and overconsume and feel that gross kind of foggy feeling that we feel after. In this chapter, Deborah also talks about how do we recalibrate in a way. Okay, so let's say we feel like we're binging too much on food, sleep, work, exercise, sex, whatever it is, okay, consuming, whatever. So to recalibrate, almost to find that balance again for ourselves, she mentions words like fasting, celibacy, or even abstinence, okay? It really helps us bring back the fullness of the pleasure of that particular event, okay? To really bring back the sacredness 
that it is instead of just over consuming and really disconnecting from those activities in our lives. One of the last things she mentions in this particular chapter, she referenced what if we in our day-to-day life could take the focus off of us as an individual and really show up and she refers to it as the God, but like we've said before, God, divine, being, universe, whatever you want to name it, and really show up for the God and take the attention away from us. So my meaning that I associate with those words are practicing being there for the earth, the universe, whatever, instead of what can I gain from this? How can I benefit from this? What can I do in this situation? Instead, maybe asking ourselves the question of how can I support this? How can I encourage? How can I benefit life around me right now? So instead of me being the main event, once again, practicing really being mindful and present in the beauty that's all around us and really taking that in instead of being disconnected from what's living around us. And she mentions it's about being able to walk around and be almost turned on by the wonders of life, of everything that exists in our day-to-day life. Really appreciating those and allowing them to fill us up while supporting them any way we can by being there in that moment and appreciating what it is. In a nutshell, Chapter four, non-excess, it's about really being able to stop before we overindulge. Practice being mindful in our day-to-day, whatever action we're doing, whether it's eating, exercise, working, being present and learning and really listening to what is our balance, okay? Knowing the point ah, okay, I've met my nutritional need right now, so I do not need to continue, okay? I don't need to overindulge in this food to feel good, okay? I can find other ways to feel good, which she talks about being opened to the wonders that exist all around us and being able to really soak in those positive feelings by just being present, okay? Instead of associating that with some level of consumption. When we associate these things with consuming equals feeling great, feeling good, that's when we really start to get into some pretty bad habits, okay? And it's bad habits, you know, we all have them and we're all just trying to do the best we can with what we got. But a big piece of this chapter is acknowledging what are your bad habits, okay? 
do you go to the point of overindulgence or are you actually being able to practice that balance? And if you're not, what areas can you try to start doing better in? Once again, I love her book of the Yamas and Niyamas and they take all these small principles that seem so tiny and when you incorporate them all together, it really allows you to practice living that full, balanced, well-centered life. Okay, it's something we strive for. We all want that recipe, like we always say, to be happy. And this is basically it. So it's not that we have to do all these things exactly like Deborah Adele says in her book. It's being able to check ourselves and just say or just see, how am I living up to this? What is right for me? Do I have any bad habits that maybe I'm not so conscious of? Do I have any dependencies that I really, really rely on to feel better or get myself out of a bad mood or a shitty moment? What are those things? And it's about starting to lean in and bring awareness. It's not stuff that changes overnight. This is stuff that sometimes takes a whole lifetime and we recognize maybe pieces along each part of the journey. Okay, so it's not changing everything in a moment. It's about being open and aware and just continuously practicing to do a little bit better when we can. And just like every single other chapter that we've talked about for the Yamas and Niyamas, she has a set of questions at the end of this particular chapter. So she always has almost one question that she encourages you to ponder and reflect upon per week. And she starts it by saying, frame these particular questions in regards to one of Joseph Campbell's statements. And that is, be true to the purpose and limits of each thing in existence. Behave purely and serve purely the reality of what you are given. By making every human function without exception a religious act of sacrifice and worship. And the questions for reflections are, the first one, examine your beliefs, your values, habits, and actions around sexuality and sexual activity. Notice what your culture, the media, your faith community, and your family have to say about this topic. Notice if you act on an outside authority or your own beliefs. Then for the second week, she says, live in the now without any excess. Eat, work, and sleep to the point of increased energy. And before that lethargic feeling of excess sets in. Ponder the words of Jen Singh, who's a Buddhist monk. The point in life is to know what's enough. For this week, know what is enough and practice stopping there. Practice pleasure without excess. Question three. Notice when you see God and where you don't. 
notice the beliefs or judgments that limit your ability to see God and experience God in all things. Then practice letting everything be a relationship with the divine. See the sacred in the ordinary and God in each person that you encounter. See God in all. I definitely linger on this question. And not that I'm a religious person by any mean, not that I think it's wrong or anything. It's just I find myself more on a spiritual realm. And I just find that, wow, if we are able to really practice seeing the universe, the connectiveness in all things and all people and really practice that. So when we're annoyed, when we're frustrated, instead of being annoyed and frustrated, look in that moment, you know, what is the gift in that moment? What can we learn in that moment? Instead of really focusing on that frustration or anger feeling. I thought it was such a good question. And then the last question she leaves you with is contemplate your own divinity. Are you willing to be sacred? Write down three practices that can connect you to your passion and your sacredness. So in this week, she leaves you with more words from Joseph Campbell. And she says, live the sacredness of your life. Once again, some great things to ponder and reflect on in this Yamas and Niyamas chapter. So the chapter of non-excess. So like I said, not things to judge yourself with or to live in a black and white land. It's about trying to be more present. It's about trying to check into your actions, check into your body, check into the things around you. Be present, lean into it, and try to really honor yourself during this whole process. So all ideas, hopefully, to help you kind of reconnect with yourself and find you're happy. So that's a wrap on another episode of Power Yourself. So I always encourage you guys to get active with the show, leave a review, comment, get in touch with me. I always love to hear from anybody who's on this self journey as well. It's not easy, guys. That's why I'm doing the podcast and taking the time to really talk about things that I feel make a really big difference in how I show up and how I live my best life. So let's support each other the best way that we possibly can by talking about it and encouraging each other to find our own recipe for what makes us happy. I hope you go and have an absolute beautiful day. Go outside, take in the beauty, be really present and practice really being your best self. Always remember this work is not easy, okay? So fuel yourself motivate yourself, honor yourself, which all ultimately teaches you how to power yourself. <laughs>